welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this great big world, I welcome you. How are you, my friend? Today I want to talk to you about loneliness and isolation. Loneliness is another common issue accompanying grief, which can be difficult to deal with. There is a difference between being alone versus feeling loneliness. You might be surrounded by many people all day long, but you can still feel lonely. You're missing the presence of the person who died. You miss speaking with them, holding them, kissing them, talking with them, being able to come home to them at night, going to sleep with them, or loving them in the case of your spouse. The other people in your life may be near may even try to comfort you. They may do what they think will serve you as you grieve, but it's not the person you want. You just want the one you love, and they aren't here any longer. And it's not that you aren't appreciative of the people in your life who survived with you, but if you may have buried a child, neither your husband or wife or other children can take their place, nor would they want to. And sometimes you neglect them because you concentrate so much on your loss. It is important, even if you don't feel like it, to re-engage with your surviving loved ones. More than likely, they are grieving as you are, and they need you too. Their lives have been turned upside down too and they need your comfort and love. Help each other grieve. Take the time, even when you are in such pain, to share your sorrow. Let them know how much you love them. They already know you're in pain. They see it every day. Answer the questions they have. Give frank answers. Never lie. For younger survivors, always answer with age-appropriate language. If you find you are surrounded by people who may not understand you, it's important to visit my website at marymac.info. Go to the Grief Resources tab at the top and find the best organization for your type of loss. The list is broken down by type of death, so death of a child, death of an infant, general bereavement for death of a mother, father, sister, or brother, even a grandparent. There's also groups for widowhood and even homicide and suicide. Go on their website and see if there is a group in your area. If not, 
Call the national office and see if they can put you in touch with a contact person to speak with. They know how you feel better than anyone can. And when they look you in the eye and say that to you, you know they are genuine. They've lived what you've lived. There is no better person to open up to than one who understands the nuances of what you are going through right now. So go find the list on my site when we are finished. I will leave you the link in the show notes of this episode. There will always be people who want to rush your grief. And you'll see that you won't trust them to open up and share your pain with them. And that's perfectly okay. Nobody said you must confide in everyone about your pain. Quite the contrary. It's actually best to truly consider who you will open up to as you move along in your grieving process. It may be best to leave your intimate details at your doorstep and not share much with the people at work. Sometimes, but not always, Individuals at work may not have your best interests at heart when you are so vulnerable. Jealousy arises, and sometimes your job could be in jeopardy by these people. So be cautious with whom you share your struggles and challenges. Better to share your pain with someone who understands what you're going through, or in a local bereavement support group. And sometimes, even our best friends and relatives, who may not have experienced the same type of grief you are going through, may not truly understand you either. And you feel so lonely and sad that your closest family and friends just don't get you. Maybe you are now widowed and they still have their spouses. They don't understand how you feel like the third wheel at events and prefer not to go. They get offended, and you just can't make them understand how you feel. Or you're grieving a child's death, and they can't associate with this loss. You just want to climb into bed after work and not associate with anyone until next morning when you get up again. Many of us feel this way when we feel misunderstood, and this is natural. We don't have the energy to help them to understand, but I'm here to tell you they simply can't understand. They haven't gone through what you have. They may be devastated that their niece or nephew, brother or sister-in-law has died, but they haven't experienced a death like this, and they are secretly hoping they never will. So they may stay far away from you, because they don't want to catch what you have. You may have friends who told you at the funeral how they would call or if you needed anything to make sure you got in touch. But sad to say, that isn't always the case. Remember, they had to say something, right? And you're waiting weeks and months in a lonely home with only four walls to greet you each day, and you're wondering, where all these friends are who claim they'd be there for you. Plus, you don't feel like anyone actually sees you anymore. You once were a couple. You once brought your child to school. 
you once visited your sibling at college or went to enjoy their children at their home. And all that is gone now. You wear the mask. The infamous mask. The one you put on each day after you wash your face. And when you get home, you take it off, sit on the sofa, look around, and wonder what you will do that evening. You may sink into waves of sorrow or depression. You may sink into feelings of despair and pity. It just sucks feeling alone and lonely. You have created your own emotional isolation. This is not to blame you, not in the least. You act like everything is okay, but deep down, you know it isn't. When we have these feelings, we just want to isolate ourselves from everyone and everything. We feel like it will make it better. That mask becomes a long-term act that you develop, but it takes so much energy, and you wonder when you'll be able to act like your true self again. You know you are being disingenuous at times. Yet if you dig too deeply just yet, you're afraid what you might find on the other side of your grief. And that's a place that is surrounded with fear. So how do you handle this? One of the most important things to remember is you don't have to permanently hold a pity party for yourself. Now, I realize you might be thinking, who is this woman to tell me this? Well, this woman has experienced more deaths in her life than most. And I'm here to give you as much information and experience as possible so you can rebuild your life after a loved one's death. First, you need to realize that you cannot allow yourself to remain a victim. I understand at first you have every right to isolate yourself. Never open the door when people come to console you and act like you're not home. You just don't feel up to chit-chat or to entertain. You just don't want to make coffee, and what will you say anyway? They mean well, but you just can't do it. And I understand that. I have been there. But there will come a time when you need to slowly peel off that mask. You need to slowly re-enter the world at your own pace and in your own way. So what could that look like? Well, maybe you want to find that support group or contact person I talked about earlier and befriend them. There will be someone who you can open up to a little. Someone who understands. One thing about support groups is that you can go and just listen to others until you feel that you have something to share. You might nod to yourself, listening to what others have to say. Just remember to find out when the next meeting is and put it on your calendar. Promise yourself you will go again and don't miss it. Those people will become like family to you. They will understand you and you will understand them. And both of you will give each other comfort and hugs, which you need desperately, and make you feel like you can rebuild a new life. Maybe you might go back to church or synagogue. 
even if you only go there when there are no services going on, just as a place to gain some solace. Sit there and write in your gratitude journal. Add the insights you are finding along the way. Remember, God can handle any amount of anger you throw at Him. Even when you scream at Him, He's definitely big enough to handle all of your feelings. Maybe you'll choose to volunteer at a local organization whose mission you believe in. As I've spoken about in other episodes, years ago I founded the Foundation for Grieving Children, Inc., the first national nonprofit public charity to benefit children, teens, and young adults after a loved one's death. If you want to truly give back, volunteer at a bereavement group or a center for grieving children near you. When you realize the pain these young ones are dealing with, it will steer your focus off your pain and toward them. So when you're up to it, do consider this. Or, if you'd like to give a monthly gift of any amount, that will surely help further our mission. You will share something together, the loss of a loved one, and make an amazing and lifelong difference in these children's lives. But mostly, please decide that you're not going to be a victim any longer. You probably don't think of yourself as such, but somewhere along the way, you took on that negative tone, and it has to go. This is one of the reasons I encouraged you to get a beautiful journal for your gratitude journal, so you would write the five things you are most grateful for each evening in it. And if you haven't listened to episode one, you certainly need to. When you constantly look at the good instead of the bad, the gain instead of the loss, life looks better. It doesn't mean you aren't missing them and that your heart isn't aching so much that you don't know how you can breathe sometimes. But they would want you to develop a new life as slowly as you need to. So what would that be for you? What would that look like? Write it down. Whether you like it or not, this is the season in life that you are in. And you are responsible for your new journey. Regardless whether you have family and friends around you or visiting you, they have lives of their own. And most times, they don't have a clue what to say or do for you. So decide to give them a break and build the life you now envision for yourself. What can you do in your home to change things? Do you have a favorite chair, maybe in the living room or bedroom? Can you buy a colorful throw for the chair to change it and brighten it up? Can you find a lovely plant for the table? What music soothes you? Start a new playlist for the type of music that uplifts you. Can you set aside time to meditate daily, perhaps first thing in the morning? Can you go to the gym, take a walk, swim? What about giving all that love you have to a fur baby 
who would be overjoyed to leave a shelter and walk into your arms. Can you begin to do things for yourself and feel okay with it? Go to a movie alone. Go to lunch alone. Bring a book to keep you company. Or simply sit outside and people watch. See how it feels. Get online and see what adult classes the local community college is offering. A new hobby, perhaps. Something just for fun. Or if you're adventurous, maybe a history class. Before the weekend comes, take out the calendar and make plans. Have things to do outside on the weekend that not only include the errands, but one thing for yourself to test the waters. This will help you to be around people, even if all you do is interact with the waiter or waitress. This will teach you not to isolate. Next weekend, try something else. Get out. Change your scenery. And I don't care if you feel teary. It's okay if you feel teary. Bring your journal and write to your special loved one while you're having lunch. Tell him or her how much you miss them and tell them what you are experiencing and how it makes you feel. So you see, you will have them with you always. But at the same time, you are learning to live without them now, slowly. Especially if you are widowed after 10, 25, maybe 50 years of having someone with you day and night. In the beginning, it is a strange feeling to not be part of a couple. And before it happened, it was unimaginable that you would now have three instead of the four children you gave birth to. And while you always considered it, one or both of your parents are no longer here, and you're not really sure how secure you feel without them. Whatever your loss, creating a new life is inevitable. You might want to fight it, and for a while you will. But ultimately, you will learn how to be content with loneliness and being alone. And the more you teach yourself how to be content, the easier your life will be. And you will get to a place in the season of life where the solitude will almost be welcomed so you can grieve in peace. Yet one of the most helpful skills to learn is EFT. Tapping on your body might sound silly, but I promise you it is a highly effective way to deal with emotional and physical pain. So as you know, each episode has a blog on marymac.info. Please let me know how you are doing and what you've decided to do to break the cycle of loneliness and isolation you may find yourself in at this point. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you think this is still silly, but please do it anyway for me, okay?
thank you for being with me today. Remember to write five things each night in your journal that you are grateful for. Subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you listen to me. And please consider buying me a coffee if you'd like to support my work. You can visit my sites www.marymac.info or themarymacshow.com and you'll find the cute little cup on the lower left-hand corner and that would mean so much to me. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.